everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage people don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. Pastor Joel, Pastor Joel, Pastor Joel. That's a whole group of people chanting yeah. Pastor Joel. I feel it. I feel it. And it never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> Those group of people chanting Pastor yeah. Joel is so epic. I love my fans. <laughs> And you know what? They love you. They are receiving great amounts of reward every time you teach. Ooh, I see what you did there. Yeah, did you see that? Yeah. We are going to be talking about just that topic. Today, we're going to be talking about reward, Pastor Joel. Awesome. So what is the background of this topic? Okay, so in order to complete our overview of two themes of profitability last episode Mm -hmm. and reward this episode. So we're going to, my history is going to kind of connect them. We get a look at the end of the story. So we're going to go on a journey. Is that what's going to happen right now? A little journey. Okay. Instead of thinking back Uh over our lives, we're going to fast forward to the future. (laughs) oh man that is genius (laughs) man that's a really cool plug-in that i just and and hey everybody that was jonathan's mouth seriously it wasn't a sound effect i saw him do it it's amazing and i'm your fan (laughs) one of many we are having fun (laughs) so here we go revelation chapter 20 Verses 11 through 15. I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. There was found no place for them. I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and they opened books. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged out of the things which were written in the books according to their works. Okay, key things to point out there. I tried to emphasize it for everybody. Yes. I'll just commentate as well. Bring it. There are books that are opened, and then a book is opened. There are two different purposes behind these books and this book. So you can imagine a book on one side and books, several of them, plural, on another side. Like a dictionary yep, on one side, and a set of encyclopedias Excellent. on the other side. Beautiful. So we covered salvation in season two. That is represented by a book. Nice. The book of life. The books, plural, record everyone's works. Everything has to be equaled out first. This means everyone is going to get all the value they deserve 
and everyone is going to pay for everything they owe. <laughs> so the definition of reward, we often think re- being rewarded means good, right? I do. Yes. But the definition of reward is to recompense both good and bad. Mm. So you notice even just from the definition of reward, how important it would be to understand profitability, the measure for good and bad. Right. So that's the history. That's the background. It's the background of this topic, not necessarily the history. It's kind of the future story. That's what, (laughs) (laughs) that's what will happen. And that all plays, um, obviously, this all plays a huge impact on all of our lives as we currently live them as well. Man, boy, when you, first time I heard about this, what a concept. Books, plural, and book. You can't make this stuff up, right? It's right there in the Bible. It's just incredible. And I just, my whole life in church, never Never, never, never learned that until nope. much, much later in my life. Me as well. Wow. Books and book. Humongous, humongous doctrine. This is exciting, Pastor Joel. Yeah. yeah. How have people been hurt by the topic of reward in church? So as we saw with profitability, the that that was more of like a an ignorance or an, a, a not or a misunderstanding of the concept. Mm-hmm. With reward, it's the other issue we deal with a lot, which is lumping of concepts. And specifically, salvation and reward tend to get lumped together. Yes. And the conflict that happens is really causing misinterpretation and therefore misapplication of scripture, including Jesus's words. So for instance, Matthew chapter six, in my brain, I see Matthew chapter six as the reward chapter. Nice. Imagine if it was treated like salvation. So Matthew chapter six is a chapter that talks about giving to the poor, about fasting, about praying. Now, if I treated that chapter like it was a salvation chapter, like it was Jesus teaching about salvation, That would lead to me having a requirement to fast, a requirement to pray, a requirement to give to the poor in order to be saved. Does these requirements, this list of behaviors that turns into a bunch of rules that I have to follow sound familiar? Yes. Yeah. So the biggest way people been hurt is not understanding how prayer is affected by reward. And we will cover this next season because prayer is a very complicated doctrine that requires having several foundational doctrine correct. And reward is definitely one of them. Nice. So prayer is huge. Prayer is a really big, important, complicated doctrine. And it's one of the things that is getting misinterpreted abused misapplied because of people's lack of understanding and reward nice 
Okay, so you asked me if it sounds familiar. Are you gonna? Can you tell me where it sounds familiar to? Like, I'd love to. The okay. strict side. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, right? the list of rules to follow. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah. So the strict side is lumping these concepts of salvation and reward leads to a works-based religion, and and uh, one of the ways there it is. There yeah, it is. one of the ways you and I have seen you can see the strict side is really this works effort, right? Yep. It tends to be these areas you and I uncover for people of showing them, this is what it looks like when we take the, whatever concept it is on the strict side, you're essentially taking it and humanizing it yeah, and making it a list of, you could say laws, things you, behaviors you have to do in order to prove that you're on the right side of whatever this concept is we're talking about. So that's really the, the strict side of this reward topic is a works-based religion. You take this reward, these things you can do to get reward, turn them into things that we need to do for salvation. And then that becomes a works-based religion. Wow. And it is what we've really, what we covered again, we bring in this up still flabbergasted how important those first five or six episodes of season one ended up being crazy (laughs) the more we go on this journey the more we talk about yeah those are some of the really great low-hanging fruit examples of what it looks like to have a workspace religion some cultural examples Yeah. yeah do this do this do this don't do this don't do this don't do that and it's the same for everybody not smoking looks the same for me as it does for you Mm hmm we just don't do it, right? Wow. So that would be the strict side of this. So again, lumping concepts mean I, I treat salvation and reward like they are the same thing. They are interchangeable words. Right, right. So it's like looking at that passage and saying books and book are the same thing. Yeah, that's good, yeah. It's like stacking all those books on top of each other and going, yeah, they're all books. Yeah, it's like taking the dictionary and those encyclopedias and saying it's It's all the same, yeah. Okay, cool. So how would uh, someone with a strict perspective support their perspective in the Bible? First, how how would they support this strict side is really telling people it's this idea of doing these works, right, and getting this reward and then casting them at the feet of Jesus as if all the reward that I get from Jesus, I would just want to cast it back down at his feet. Okay. Maybe that is you. This side also tends to have this idea that salvation, they'll believe salvation is my reward. Mm-hmm. So that's another way of lumping these concepts. Right. right. Yes, exactly. Yes. Or you're kind of saying, well, you're treating them the same. Mm. But apart from lumping, we see once again, the biblical support here is any verses that have a list of behaviors that can be used to support this flawed perspective. See, Jonathan, the Bible says, Matthew chapter six says, pray fast and give to the poor. So you need to do those things. Do these things or you're not saved. That's Mm. really what this side is doing. So what you do, and you know what? I may not, you, I may not say if you don't do these things, you're not saved, 
But what I am saying is you better do those things to prove that you're saved. So that's what this looks like. And I can take any verse in the Bible that has any behavior in it and say, you need to do this or you're saved. And, and especially if I take any of the verses that talk about reward and make a requirement for you to do that for your salvation is really, is really lumping these concepts and it is misapplying the scriptures and it is this focus on works, this kind of legalistic approach. Nice. How would you handle an interaction with someone if they were on the strict side? I would ask if they could explain to me the difference between the two judgments in Revelation. That would be one way. And another thing to do, I love bringing up Matthew chapter six. When people tell me we shouldn't do things to get anything out of it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. What I often will do is say, can you just explain to me what Matthew chapter six means then? Nice. Because if you start at the very beginning of Matthew chapter six, and you interpret it as if it's talking about salvation. And let me rephrase that. If you interpret it as if Jesus is teaching you about salvation, because this is from Jesus's premier teaching, the Sermon on the Mount. These are his words. And if I interpret Matthew chapter 6 as he's teaching us about salvation, wouldn't this mean that a person would go to hell if they don't give to the poor? And here's the, here's the kicker. And you talked about this in the profitability episode, specifically, I think, in the, in the Malk podcast episode. Yeah. Is really idolatry. Mm -hmm. So here's a question that kind of gets to the heart of that with reward. Mm -hmm. What's the cause of these works? If you're given to the poor, you're praying, you're fasting. Mm. If you're taking direction, even Jesus writing these things, are you the cause of these works or is God? It's you. You chose to do those things, right? Right. So if these works save us, as this strict side would confuse, right? Then wouldn't we be saving ourselves? Oh, dang. And then to your question in that Profitability Malt podcast, who's God? Oh, man. I'm making myself God. It's idolatry. Yeah. So these are some questions I could ask. I love starting with the, even just the, hey, can you explain that? Can, can you give me your interpretation of Matthew chapter six? Mm -hmm. That usually slows these people down. And if that's what we're talking about, if we're talking about someone coming after me with what I believe, that's a great way to slow them down and to protect myself against that abuse. If the person actually wants help, they'll show you by actually trying to interpret Matthew chapter six. So that's why I love that approach. And if it keeps, you know, if the conversation keeps going and you keep getting pushback, that's where those questions of like, well, who's the cause of these works? You or God. And those questions really start flushing out the contradictions in that strict side. Awesome. What we have here as a summary for the strict perspective is, Essentially, salvation and reward have been lumped 
these concepts are being treated as, as the same thing. And what the result is, is that we've created or the strict side has created a works a works based salvation essentially creating um a different religion than yeah what jesus was talking about or another denomination if you will ah awesome yep exactly well before we jump in to the loose perspective why don't we take a call from let's look over here mm-hmm. yep we got a call from mcmillan alabama and it's, what, it's you Pastor caller- Rich. what's that you got caller id yeah man um <laughs> just right from mcmillan alabama awesome man awesome it's it's a uh, it's pastor richard tater looking forward to hearing from him again all right pastor tater go ahead you are on the line sir Hello, Pastor Jonah, Pastor Donaldson. This is the Pastor Richard Tater calling from McMillan, Alabama. How y'all doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you very much for asking. Now, I definitely have somewhat to say upon the matter of reward. We always taught the congregation that talking about reward is actually prideful. Yes, that's right, prideful. You should just be happy you go to heaven. Yeah, that response is connected to the topic from the last episode about profitability and good. For instance, if you aren't good, you aren't getting reward, right? Well, you know, I've heard other pastors recognize we get reward, but they say we got to use it now or it will go to waste. I've heard that as well, Pastor, and it's interesting that Jesus happened to say the opposite in Matthew six, 19 through 20, it says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Exactly. While I know the difference between salvation and reward, thanks to restoration, uh, what you said about prayer reminded me of a story I told you before. You know, when Dickie called our church a cult because the pastors berated his friend's parents for asking how prayer worked, I've never heard an explanation for how prayer works. Are y'all saying I have to wait until next season? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, but it is a complicated doctrine, but Pastor Tater, I will tell you a little secret. I have a doctrine blog that lists 60 doctrine in order from simplest to most complex. Prayer is number 53 out of 60. So if you want to work your way up from doctrine number one, before we have that show, I'll give you the blog link. It is thedeeperwhy.blogspot.com so the deeper why is all one word dot blogspot.com well that makes sense thank you pastor jonathan i'll look at that blog uh, now now that i realize that finding where i'm wrong is the key to growth i love learning new things 
to hate. God bless. All right. Thank you, Pastor Tater. What a call. I know, Pastor Joel, that everyone wants to get to these big, important, heavy topics, but it's so important that we build a solid foundation. You know, I've seen people jump into my blog and go right to 60 or right to prayer or right to this, but it doesn't help them. It's it, what makes sense is when they start at one and then just build and let it sink in and settle and let the doctrine kind of, they answer themselves, they build off of each other. Yeah. Especially when people jump right to prayer and then accuse you of teaching it wrong when they haven't read the foundational stuff. <laughs> That's never happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I would hope even our listeners by now would understand why we're taking this slow the way we are. Cause Season two was an example of this with how long it took us to get to the answer for God's nature. We took six episodes to cover, to uncover that. Yeah, man. And so we are on this journey. It is a path uh, that is a marathon, not a, not a sprint. So um, bear with us. And the way we're going to learn this and the order in which we're going to learn this is going to help us not only understand it better but be more convinced of it as well and you know reward and our previous episode do fit together perfectly so you may listeners you may want to listen or re-listen to the previous episode after you have digested this one nice you may want to re-listen to profitability because if you believe no one is good but you need to do good works anyways, then you would believe that salvation equals reward and you would act according to a salvation based on works belief system. So that's another way these, wow. uh, this reward and profitability episodes are really connected because we see the strict side of profitability is really instructing this strict side of reward and lumping of salvation and reward. They're, they're all intertwined together. So these are almost like a one, a, a one, two mini series profitability and reward. Nice. So yeah, please re-listen to them if you need to. That's great. Okay. So we've covered the strict side. Let's talk about the loose side. What's the other side of the argument, Pastor Joel? The loose side is, you know what? I don't really care about reward because I'm in heaven. And in fact, we all get the same reward. Why? Because if you have more than me, I'm going to be mad. Ah. And you know what? God is love. So he wouldn't ever want me to feel bad. So we all will have the same reward. Now, what's interesting is that belief that we'll all get the same reward actually would make God unjust. Yeah. Because none of us are the same. Yeah. So that's really the loose side. We're in heaven. No one cares. It doesn't even matter. We all get the same. Yeah, we all get the same. We all get a crown and we all chuck the crown. and (laughs) We all get a crown and we all chuck it back at Jesus. (laughs) There you go. That's great. Because you know what? You know what that actually, when I think about that more, it kind of bums me out. It sounds like this really great thing. 
But, and I'm not saying we shouldn't. We need to give back to our Lord and Savior who gave us so much. But if we think that with everything that's been given to us, the right move is to give it back to the person who gave it to us. I know when I give gifts to people, I want them to use those gifts. Mm. I want them to enjoy those gifts. Nice. And to maybe make something more out of them. Nice. To produce more. I don't want all, like, so imagine me giving all these presents to my son every Christmas and his response is to throw the Xbox back at me because he loves me back. <laughs> it's like, no, dad, I love you. I'm so appreciative of this Xbox. I'm going to throw it at your feet. <laughs> I'm just appreciative of being your son. So I don't want an Xbox. Right. And I'm, I know we're, and, and, you know, casting these crowns at Jesus. I'm not saying the, the intention behind it and the motivation behind it is this act of appreciation and honor and respect to our Lord. I'm just saying we take a concept like that of giving back and showing respect to our Lord and savior. And we use it across every context as if, okay, then that must mean everything that he ever gives me. I have to just give back or I'm wrong. Right. Like God's just to reward us for the good and the bad we've done. And I'll tell you what, I want to enjoy the reward that I get. The reward that he has promised will never be rusty or destroyed and will live for eternity. And we can use that to continue to build and produce more for eternity. And isn't that crown in reference to salvation too? Isn't it crowns of righteousness? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So or it's what? like, we didn't right. do anything to right. deserve this crown of righteousness that we have. That's why you give that back to Jesus. Yeah. Cause he did it. Yeah. Again, it's like, you deserve that. Like yeah, that benefit was one that he provided. Right. He provided us our salvation, it, our crown of righteousness. And that's an expression of us recognizing the very fact that Jesus gets the credit for that. Right. No, you are the king of kings. You get the crown of righteousness. All yeah. of our crowns are for you. However, that's not talking about reward. That's a great distinction. Thanks for that, PJ. And that's, again, that's how, that's how this concept gets lumped. Yeah. Okay, so... With this loose perspective, how have people been hurt? Well, Jesus had two messages. And people are missing out on half of his messages that Jesus came to preach. Because he came and he preached salvation and reward. Nice. When we lump them together, we're missing out on an entire concept. When all we do is talk about salvation, we're missing out on reward. But worse... When we lump them together, not only do we miss out on a reward, but we understand salvation in a wrong way. So we're kind of missing out on both when we lump them together. Nice. And they, also, both they both have yeah. to be something less if they're lumped. Right, right. And, and why? Because we're humans and we try to make God's word better. Oh. So let's lump these two together because it'll be easier for us to deal with and understand, right? More efficient. See, yep. yay. Don't eat the fruit and touch it. Yay, right. I did it. So another way people are being hurt is people are not making the impact they could. Mm. Whether it's 
prayer or bringing about God's will on earth. We're going to see prayer is directly at the heart of bringing about God's will. And both prayer and God's will have major, major impact on, or our reward has major, major impact on those doctrine and those concepts as well. How would you handle an interaction with someone who had this loose perspective? Well, I could ask, wouldn't God rewarding everyone the same make God unjust? Yep. And you know what? They might say, yeah, maybe this person doesn't even know what God's nature is. And that's, that's maybe the issue. Because I'll tell you, once I understood God's nature, the reward concept became a lot easier for me to understand. It is like the step one for how we understand doctrine now. We go back to God being right and just and now go forward. Right. That's usually, yeah. that's the backward, the, the long backward step is, okay, I know I'm going to justify God. Mm-hmm. So I know with whatever the answer is to this question, whatever the answer is to this direction I need to go, whatever this, whatever I'm focused on or trying to figure out, God's always completely right, always completely just. Nice. And if what I'm, if the direction or answer that I'm thinking of contradicts that in any way, I immediately know it's wrong. Nice. And again, here in this, in this side, I could also ask, how do you interpret Matthew chapter six? And the specific, the specific emphasis here would be Jesus said some people will get no reward while others will get reward. And then again here, it's who's the cause of you giving to the poor? You or God? And even if they say God here, what, what my response would be is, well, if it's God, then why did Jesus tell you to do it? Yeah. And, even, and he does even say that when you do do it. So it's almost like the implication of you are all, you are going to do this. So let me give you a guideline for how to do it the right way. Because you're going to do it. But he doesn't tell us how often. Uh-uh. Which then means it would be a different amount for you versus me. Correct. Which again then would vary the amount of reward you would get or I would get. Absolutely. I think of that passage when there's, I think it was a, a rich man or a Pharisee that gave a whole ton of treasure. And then the woman who gave a couple pennies, a couple mites, and she got more reward than all of what this guy gave because she yeah. gave of her need, yeah. not of her bounty, like nice. this guy gave. Yeah. Which is a great man, example of that. Yeah. God being just and always completely just and always completely right means he is dealing with and managing so many variables of exchange that if it was all in my brain at once, my brain, I think my brain would overload and, and maybe just explode. He is accounting for so many things. It's amazing to me to, that there's still like the, the longer and more convinced and, and belief, the deeper the belief I have that God is always completely right, always completely just the more I'm down that path, the harder it is for me to understand when people think that us believing that is limiting God in some way. Because the more I understand what it really means for God to be right and just all the time, always completely, the more flabbergasted I am at the amazing majesty of our Lord. It is the greatest nature 
ever conceivable. <laughs> and none of us can actually conceive it. Because what we want to do is make somebody who's all powerful, who knows everything and who is everywhere. That's what we think is the best. Nice. Ah, all right. <laughs> Rant done. Nice. So when you see this going on in the church, this topic of reward and the loose side and the strict side, what are your thoughts? How does this impact the church? Well, like all the other episodes, I see this happen in three different categories. There's the people I feel sorry for. These are people who outright deny reward and claim it as selfishness or even the cause of jealousy. Hence, mm. the, we all get the same reward because God wouldn't want us jealous of each other. These people, whether they know it or not, are calling God unjust. And they're also hindering people from doing God's will on earth. Yes, again, reward has a huge impact on God's will. And we will see that in future episodes. Bear with nice. us. Nice. The second category, the people I understand why they do what they do, are people who know there are contradictions being taught in the church when certain behaviors are required for salvation. Nice. I mean, we've all met people who leave the church because they know it's wrong to be emphasizing a works-based religion, right? Well, that's what these people, I understand when these people leave the church. These people are told salvation is according to works, even according to unmerited favor, which is a contradiction in terms there. Mm -hmm. Salvation is according to unmerited favor, of the wrong definition of grace, right? Yep. While the actions of the leaders and the teaching even from them would be salvation is according to works. Well, man, if it's unmerited favor, how can I do any good works? I don't know. There's a contradiction there. Nice. Yep. And then there's the people I'm impressed with. These are people who recognize that reward is something Jesus encouraged us to go towards. That Jesus encouraged us to gain reward and to store it in heaven. Because the treasure and the reward that I use on earth will not be there in heaven. Wow. Yeah, I can really see in this topic how the people on the people who lump salvation and reward think think that we believe and you and I believe a works-based religion. Yeah. And we've been and, accused of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on and on both sides, you know, that that's what you yep. guys believe in is a workspace religion. Yep. Okay. So what's the ultimate answer? The ultimate answer is reward is the recompense of both good and bad. Now, to bring the resolution behind salvation and reward, salvation is based on God's righteousness that we allow through us via grace resulting in works nice whose works god's works reward is based on our works our righteousness so this would be why we'd ask the question to the loose and strict side people of who's the cause of your behavior who's the cause of you giving to the poor hmm. what we're really determining there is reward or salvation did god do this through you 
Hmm. Was God the cause or were you the cause? And whoever the cause is will determine was the salvation the reward. So salvation is God's righteousness. Reward is our righteousness. And reward is really the result of God's nature being right and just. Hmm. We also know from at many episodes in the past that Jesus is the ultimate leader. And one of the reasons we know that is he always gave a reason and a value for everything he asked us to do. What we mean by that value is a reward. Another way I can say that is Jesus always gave a reason and a reward for everything he asked us to do. Nice. That's cool. Finally, I have a passage for you to consider. I'm going to read Ezekiel 14 verses 12 through 14. The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, when the land sinneth against me by trespassing grievously, then will I stretch out mine hand upon it, and will break the staff of the bread thereof, and will send famine upon it, and will cut off man and beast from it. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness saith the lord now if you want to keep reading ezekiel chapter 14 there's a lot of really great stuff here but my main point is this god told ezekiel that he would bring judgment on israel and if noah daniel and job were in the land during this judgment those three men would only be able to save themselves and not their sons nor their daughters. Wow. God even gives the measure for how they would save themselves. By their righteousness. Nice. By their works, by their value, by their reward, right? Hmm. So it would be unjust of God to bring punishment on these three men who, had, who all had tremendous amounts of reward. And think about these three men's stories. Think about what the, I mean, God is using these three men as the example of people who have piles of reward, right? Right. Why? Each of these men suffered and suffered well. Nice. Unjust things were done to them and they responded well, which is one of the ways to get reward. The other way? And we talked about this in uh, the Malk podcast profitability episode, love. Hmm. Another way to get reward intentionally is to love others. Give a value without expecting anything in return. Because you know what that, make, that, that causes to happen? That causes God to give to the person who loved in order to even out justice. Because once again... Reward is based and the result of God's nature being right and just. Wow. This might be a double listen. It for, might be. For, for everyone out there who's listening. Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been awesome. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.